0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Mana Sculpting Podcast, episode 96 and a half. Uh, Trevor here as always. I'm with Wally Bullard. And Hello. This week, we have a very special guest, Mr. Dan Deja. No, I'm not that special. <laughs> His last name's actually DJ, so he is, he is quite special. Uh, and I've heard he mixes a time or two. Uh. are making me blush. Sorry we didn't type you guys last week with our spoilers um, and our spoiler cast, but what we did do for you is if you go to manasculpting.com, spend countless number of hours doing a full set review on every card in the set uh, for both limited and standard. So visit manasculpting.com, and they're organized by color, and check them out. And uh, as always, make sure you drop off comments, Criticism,s ideas, stuff like that, right on the on the website. All right. Uh, we have our lucky winner from last week's contest, uh, so they'll be getting sent. Uh, what are they getting sent, Wally?
1: A Morkrut Banshee and a Sun Titan.
0: That's right, Morcrut Banshee and a Sun Titan. Because
1: there's no interaction there.
0: Going out mm-hmm. to our lucky winner from last week. Uh, so can't really say on air, to want to give away his name or anything, but yeah, there was one, and, uh, and that's getting sent out, uh, this weekend, so enjoy. So, guys, uh, I know Wally played the pre-release, Dan, I'm not sure if you did or not, but Wally, why don't you take it away with a little bit of, uh, what your pre-release experience was.
1: Uh, it was alright, um, the format's kind of weird, I tried not to play any flip cards. And then I built a red-green deck and played a lot of them. But, uh no, I don't know. Anytime you open three invisible stalkers and four pieces of equipment and two enchantments that give them plus two plus two, like, you're probably going to be fine. And so, like, I just got to aggro people out with blue-white. And I had an evil twin, too, which was, like, my one bomb, I guess. That kind of sucks.
0: So what were some cards that uh, maybe you played that were more impressive or less impressive than you thought they were going to be?
1: Um, you know what, Cackling Counterpart is actually pretty good. Um, instant speed makes a copy of one of your creatures with, and then you have flashback. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I just got to kill people, and then at one point I like I was pretty far behind on the board, but I had a, like I was just flooded with mana. So I got to cackle and counterpart and then cast it with flashback, uh, triple block and kill their bomb.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: So that was pretty good. Oh, other than that, I, I don't know, like, Evil Twin is just, pc slow, like, it's a good idea, like, if you drop it on one of their bombs, it's great, like, but make sure you're getting attacked the next turn. Yeah. Like, if, if you ever want to get attacked, play Evil Twin, because they're gonna attack you with whatever you copy. If there was a way to
0: give it haste, it would be a lot better. Yeah. Uh, you know, some guy uh, copied my. the gargoyle guy. You know, the indestructible one. So then it was just okay. super awkward. Because, like, he copied it, and the next turn he, like, tapped it and, like, it was like, kill your guy. And I was like, uh. <laughs> not how that works. Definitely say
1: destroy their
0: champ. Yeah, so so anyway but but it actually held me off for like a while because it was just really annoying because, like I like I had a sever the bloodline, which I think is like the best rare in the set as far as like limited goes, um and I couldn't even use it on this guy, right because uh yeah, <laughs> it would just kill mine too, and so then I you know wouldn't really get any advantage out of it at all
1: yeah that would that would have been a fun decision not to kill your
0: own guy yeah then the the other like kind of interesting interaction we had was uh at one point someone put a bonds of faith onto my werewolf that had flipped right
2: yeah
0: so it was just interesting because then we spent the entire rest of the game like trying to keep my werewolf flipped <laughs> like rather than having it flip back <laughs> Right? So, like, he was always, like, counting his spells, and, like, I was always trying to cast two, and, like, it was just really interesting, because I, I didn't think about that coming up. But when you Bonds of Faith, which Bonds of Faith, just for anyone who doesn't know, is one colorless and one white, and enchants a creature, it's an enchantment. Uh, enchant creature gets plus two, plus two, as long as it's a human, otherwise it can't attack or block. So I wanted it to actually flip back to human so it could attack and block and get plus two, plus two, which made it like almost the same size as the werewolf side anyway. So it was just kind of an interesting interaction there and and like kind of a cool, like you know, flavorful interaction as well. Like, oh okay, you know, when you're a human, it's all good. When you're a monster, you know, you no know, you know, you get the bonds put on you. Yeah. I got, I put that on Invisible Soccer and got to tackle it a couple of times. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, the, what, you know, I played it, I just played one pre release, so, you know, not a massive amount of experience, but the decks that seemed to be good were blue white flyers, and then, like, decks with tons of removal, which that's what my deck was. And of the removal, I have to say, I mean, other than my rare, um, yeah, you know, the the card the black card I talked about. Brimstone volley was like just phenomenal. Like every time I drew it. It like I would say it's like on par with like fireball type power. Like every time I drew it, I won that game.
1: Well that's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so definitely something to look out for in, in in Limited. Um what did you see any other archetypes or what are your thoughts on the transform cards, stuff like that?
1: Um, the Transform is neat, um, I, a lot of people were playing them, you know, in, an opaque sleeves, and that's, that's fine. A couple times, um, you know, I had to say, hey, I can, I can see through your sleeve. Um, <laughs> uh, so that was kind of annoying, so I was like, I definitely know what you go through. Like, I wasn't, I'm not trying to see, so I told him I was like, hey, I can kind of see through your sleeve. You know, it's something you don't notice when it's a magic fact, because it's just what it looks like in those sleeves. Yeah. Um so, but it's really obvious when it's something else.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's, I mean, it was okay. I played with mine, like, I played with OPEXes anyway, but then I just played with the proxy cards, and uh, just left my other ones, like, in my sideboard in, like, clear sleeves. Yeah. And I thought it was fine, like, anytime I played one, I just bought that card out of my sideboard, like, it's just, like, a token.
0: Yeah, so. the only time it got super annoying for me is I had, like, I had three werewolves on the battlefield, and, like, we just got in this war where, like, I wouldn't cast a spell, and I'd flip him, and he cast two, and I'd flip him back, and that actually got super annoying. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it... Like, especially when you're de-sleeving, but if you were just able to, like, turn your clear sleeve over, like, yeah. that's, that's why that's why I did it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because, that's... Like,
1: it would not be a big deal in, like, something that doesn't flip back. Like, Yeah. But, like, imagine doing it on the Civilized Scholar. Like, that's a ton of de-sleeving. Yeah.
0: I would probably just de-sleeve it at that point and, like, just, you know, turn it back and forth over the top of the sleeve or something. Like, that just gets annoying. <laughs> so... So that's um,
1: that's like the worst part The uh Yeah I don't know So other than that Like people Like It it feels like it might give you An excuse to like Slow play a little bit Too Which is annoying Because <sighs> I don't like people that play slow anyway Yeah Like if you play slow And you have to deal To pick a card every turn Like I'm really gonna get upset Like it just takes
2: forever
0: Yeah Um So Dan You have not Played with the set yet?
2: No I have not I haven't had a chance
0: So, what are some cards you think you're gonna be excited to play with?
2: Like in the standard, in the standard side or the limited side? Uh, either one,
0: either one. Let's go with limited for right now.
2: Snapcaster Mage, bar none.
0: Yeah. You know, at the, at the pre-release I went to, there was a guy who was fortunate enough to open Foil and regular Snapcaster Mage. And his deck ended up actually just being kinda funny, because he had like three Forbidden Alchemies, like three Think Twice, um, and then, like, couple Snapcaster Mage. And so, in game one, he just milled himself. <laughs> like, like, all of a sudden, Yeah, you know, we were, like, we were kind of at, like, a board stall. And, like, I, I probably had a slight advantage on board. And he just had, like, two turns in a row where he would, like, double Forbidden Alchemy and think twice. And I was kind of, like, looking at his library. And then, all of a sudden, he looked at his library and was like, oh, yeah. I guess right. I'm just going to lose, so you just scooped. <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah, this is not a 60-card format, buddy.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. like, what,
1: like, game two, does he just, like, sideboarded every other card he has? <laughs> well,
0: game two, he just ran me over with a Stitch Drake with an Executioner's Flail. Yeah, that'll do it. Or Inquisitor's Flail, or whatever it is. And then game three, though, I just, I pretty much ran him over with my removal spells, so... But yeah, no, I, I thought that was going to be good, and it really is. Like, Flyers and the... Uh, well, I mean, let's see, I, I want to get the name right. Let me just look it up here real quick. Um, it is Inquisitor's Flail. Uh, equipment costs 2, 2 to equip. If an equipped creature would deal combat damage, it deals double that damage instead. If another creature would deal damage to that... To equip creature, it deals double that damage so, on a Stitch Drake, it was hitting me for 6. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: you know, 10 for 6, and you're never going to hit it.
0: But. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have much of a chance after that. I was just kind of drawing to a removal spell, and, and that was it. So, <laughs> it didn't matter. Um, yeah, so, any other cards for Limited, Dan, that you kind of like? What do you think about the Flip, like the Transform cards, having not played with them yet?
2: You know, I think it's going to be one of those things where I just have to have the experience to understand it because that, having not, like, played with them at all, I'm not positive, like, 100% on how they work and, like, how you play with them, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's That's a really hard
0: question to ask someone that doesn't really know how they're going to work. Like, yeah, just so, looking at them
2: on the website one thing, but actually playing with them and figuring out what's going to work, is a big difference.
0: So, I think they, like, they warped the format more than I thought they would. Like, many of my games came down to controlling the flip cards. Um, Yeah. And I played with, I think, six flip cards. So, I mean, I had every flip card that was available to me in my deck. Um, Because they were all good. I mean, like, I would cast one for four, and it's, like, a 3-2. And then, but it, like, turns into a 6-4. So, you know, the entire game basically became... You know, can you continue to cast two spells every time I just pass the turn back? Um, and then also there was times where I was, like, in a normal, limited environment, I would just be playing, like, this 2-2 bear, you know, that I drew late game, and now I'm not because I'm just saying, oh, it's not worth it. I'd rather have two six-fourths. so So it's, it's really interesting because it kind of creates, like, these board stalls and, like, your opponent's scrambling to, you know, keep spells and, like, You really have to keep track of your flashback and stuff like that. So it's really interesting. And I think for the limited environment, it's it's really fascinating. I I don't think it's going to have much impact on standard. Because I think only, like, two of the cards, the flip cards are... Well, three, I guess, are standard playable. But two of them actually have, like, your opponent has some input on when they flip. The third is the bloodline keeper. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think you have, like... Like, Garrett could potentially, you
0: know... Oh, that's right, so I good. guess four, yeah, so Garrett's the four. Yeah, I mean, but he doesn't
1: flip back, the roadline keeper doesn't flip back. Yeah. But then, what the other one you're talking about is the, the red one-one-for-one one one that flips to a three-two.
0: Yeah, the the wave, yep.
1: Yeah, and then are you talking about the mayor as yep. the other one that might, that, like, fringe playable?
0: Bingo, yeah, you got it, yeah, the mayor.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, let's we'll just segue right into it. Um Sure. He, uh, I don't like, I think the deck that, you know, we've kind of talked about is just, like, the mayor, like, blue-green, like, mayor and spells, right? Because, like, eventually you're just going to run them over with dudes, you know, like a bunch of three
2: threes. Yeah, um, for sure. And so, like, that's fine, like, and it, it's on turn two, and
1: so by you, like, controlling what they're doing, like, he's not going to flip that to, like, turn four or turn five at the, you know, best-case scenario, you know, like, you play him to... They play a, you know. They might
0: play a spell. They might have a, a spell to play on to, They may not. So yeah. I, I, the thing with him is like, uh, you know, he just represents like so much, right? At such a low casting cost, and you know, he feels. Um, I don't want to say like, well, I mean, it, it is. It's like Tarmagoy, like Wild nakata ish. Um, you know where he's such a big threat. They have to spend a lot of resources to answer him. And meanwhile, you're just kind of, like, drawing cards and, and maybe putting, you know, additional guys and stuff, so.
1: Yeah, like, never before has saying go just done so much,
0: right? Like Yeah, we have him on board, you know, saying go and then, you know, getting wolf tokens and building your army and countering their stuff. And then the other thing is, like, the card that, that I was going to say, like, oh, like was overwhelming, like, uh, I initially thought was underwhelming is Frightful Delusion, which is two and a blue, and it's an instant, it's counter target spell, unless it's controller, pays one. Um, target, that player discards a card. So, like, I always thought the discard was kind of optional. I don't know why. I've been, I'm an idiot, apparently. Um, and so, it's not. So, like, playing the Mayor, and then, like, Mana Leaking their next play, and then Delusioning their next one, like, that's actually really good, because, like, your Mayor is flipped they might flip, and then you're also just taking away their cards, so you're running them out of opportunities, you know, to, to still cast cards. So, I don't know, I, I just like I like that card a lot in that kind of a deck.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, that's, like, that's the list that I see him being playable in, um, you know, outside of that. Like, if you're playing a deck that needs to play other creatures to win,
0: He's probably not that good. Um,
1: yeah. But other so, than that, I think
0: it's probably fine. So those are like let's um, let's just go through by color, I guess, just to help people out if they're following along. Um, we'll put a link to the show notes of the image gallery we use, guys. Um, but we're gonna kind of segue here um, into talking about standard and some of the playability. So I'm just gonna kind of toss out a card and uh, let Dan and Wally kind of you know give some thoughts on it, and then uh, you know I'll, I'll chime in too and stuff. Um, so, uh, Dan, let's start with you, I don't, are you looking at, you're looking at the spoiler, right? Yep. Okay, so, let's start in white, and we're gonna start with, kind of, what are your thoughts, initial on Angelic Overseer? Hmm,
2: well, I mean, I would, I would say it's situational at best, maybe in, like, a mono white with some humans in it, yeah, but it's just, if you don't got the human to back it up, it's only the three three toughness, so it's, I don't know, that's too low for me for a five drop. But
0: Wally.
2: Yeah, I mean I wanna agree. Like in a in a format where
1: um and I'm gonna steal the strings Trevor so you can gotta it where dismember is the best card in every dollar. Um like it's just it's just bad. It because it's still like I don't care if it's indestructible, if I give it minus five, minus five, it's
2: bad. So, like... Well, it has Hexproof. Yeah,
1: okay, that's true. But, like, it's still just going to die, right? Like, because everyone plays enough for hole now because of this number to kill all your humans. Yeah. You know? It
2: just...
1: It's not enough. If it was a 5-6, it'd probably be really good. Like, yeah. a 5-6 for 5, Flyer with, uh, like, a cool ability, that's probably 5.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to agree on that one. Like, if I'm paying 5 mana, I, I want to get something better than this guy. Um, Like, it's, like, a conditional beater um so yeah so i'm in with you guys on that um the art's really sweet but the card yeah
1: like makes cool. it makes
0: a cool play, Matt. so uh the next card uh, we'll do the same thing starting with dan um champion of the parish it's one white it's a human soldier one one and whenever another human enters the battlefield under your control put a plus one plus one counter on champion of the parish
2: yeah i see this guy is like a cheaper Gideon's Lawkeeper, but you control when he gets the counters. Like you throw him in like a White Weenies deck, humans, just like the Angel. I think you'd be in good shape. But other than that, I mean, I'll, unless you're playing humans, a one a one one for one, it's moderate, but not fantastic. Why? Yeah, I mean the cool thing about humans, right, is that. Mirror
1: Crusader, Hero, Blade, Holden, both humans. Uh, like that's cool. The only one would be better is if Hero, Blade, hold make human soldier tokens instead of just soldier tokens. Like, then, that, then this card would just be, like, off-the-wall bonkers.
0: Yeah, sure. You know?
1: Um, but, I, uh, you know, somebody at the was open two of these guys and the Macchaeus, which I was like, that's not even fair, first of all. Like, oh, let's get the human more <laughs> and these guys. But at one point, he hit both of them out and then cast Macchaeus for two, um, you know, the guy, you know, passed the turn back and forth, um, he tapped it to put a counter, on it, and the guy unsummoned Micaius with whatever the flashback unsummon is. Yeah. And so he's like, alright, I'll tap your spot, put my guy, and then recast him for more next turn. Yeah. Like, that, it, the fact, like, so he just got so much value out of having this guy plus being able to, like, drop a demon for another, t- like, a second time.
0: Yeah. So, um, in, like, standard, I think, you know... If you can go, like, turn one this guy, right, and then, like, turn two, like, Elite Vanguard, and another one of this guy, like, to, in the other order, though, so another one of this guy and then Elite Vanguard, like, that's pretty good. I mean, you have a 3-3, three, three, a 2-2, two, two, and a 2-1. Um, like, next turn, if you, like, drop Honor of the Pure, you know, like, that's that's a significant amount of damage. Yeah, but, um, our, I mean, I think you're... Yeah,
1: I mean, you can drop Honor of the Pure, you can drop Mirror if you're on turn three. Like... Yeah, so... It's, so like, so much value.
0: If you're looking for, like, a white weenie human strategy, and I, it's it should be pretty inexpensive to build, like, this is definitely somewhere to look, and, and I actually think that the deck's gonna be fine. Like, Honor of the is cheap, this guy's cheap, Elite Vanguard's obviously cheap. Um, yeah, you could probably pick up some Mirren Crusaders, not bad, and, you know, a couple other humans, you'd be good to go. Yeah, I mean, Hero White
1: not too expensive
0: either. So. Yeah, so, anyway, just a deck idea, and I think it's gonna fit in there, so. Um, another card people are talking about in that deck, actually, that I am going to go out on a limb and say is horrible in that deck, is Cloistered Youth, and it's one colorless and one white human, it's a transform card, so at the beginning of your upkeep you may transform Cloistered Youth, and it transforms into unholy fiend, horror, 3-3, and at the beginning of your end step you lose one life a lot of people talk about this being like a good beater in in like white weeny strategies, but I actually think it's actually just terrible <laughs> because it doesn't it like when it transforms it no longer has synergy with any of your cards like honor of the pure like champion of the parish, um, I don't know like a- anything that might give plus one plus one to white cards or humans or like the the Cathar we might talk about later. So yeah,
1: I mean it's already interacted with champion of the parish as much as it can, right? Yeah. Like, I'd get, like, flip it into a 3-3, but if they kill it, like, like you'd have to get in for, like, 6-plus damage with it to make it worth it. So, like, if at some point they play a 4-4, like, you're just stuck losing. like...
0: Yeah, so this so is... Like, this or, like is... a 2-4, like...
1: Like, I don't like playing cards in Standard that lose to Giant Spider. Yeah,
0: so yeah. This, this exact situation happened in... Uh, the pre release where he played the cloistered youth, and I was like, alright, you know, whatever. And then he transformed it, and then I hit it with the sacrifice a creature thing. Yeah. So I was able to gain three life instead of one. And he was just like, ugh. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's like just responding to like triggers and stuff. I don't know, it just seems bad.
1: I don't like
0: it. But the next card that seems really good for standard is Divine Reckoning. Um, Now, kind of the strategy here is, um, yes, it's very similar to Day of Judgment. The idea being, in your deck, you want to have, like, the better creature. Like, Divine Reckoning is a really good answer to the Swarm, because they have, like, a 2-2, a 2-2, a 1-1, a 2-3, 3-2, or something like that. You know, you have, like, a Mirror Crusader, or, I don't know, like, Spell Skype. You know, something that's, like, clearly can is better than their, like, one remaining guy. And you cast this, and you get to keep your one remaining guy. And then the fact that this has flashback, you know, this never really lets the Swarm strategy back into the game. You know, like, at some points, like, Tempered Steel or decks like that, they can actually build their army back up and be threatening again. Well, this card just like, eh, not really. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like, go ahead, I'll, I'll
2: stick you with your no, night or whatever, whatever like it's cool.
0: Yeah. Dan, do you have any thoughts on this guy?
2: Yeah, guy it's pretty much it. Uh, it's just Day of Judgment where it's just turning a army battle into a one on one battle.
0: Yeah, which usually works out like the control player's favor. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah so I would say I mean, most of the time.
1: Yeah, and we had talked about it before where like in like a planeswalker, like a super French style strategy, like like you just like you kind of build up, like you drop the you know, your turn three or your turn four, walker, and then drop this, like with your one defender up, you know, like your spell or, like your mirror crusader. And then like you just like keep gaining advantage off your planeswalker because they obviously did not die. So, you know, if like, you drop mirror crusader, and then this guy and then planeswalker and then you're just like you feel like you're pretty far ahead. And it's on curve. Like you can drop mirror crusader, a fine reckoning, fencer and then just like kill
0: him yeah for sure that um, seems good so the next card is Elite Inquisitor Dan you want to take that one away?
2: sideboard for mono white or maybe main deck for mono white sideboard for white versions of control matchups I guess I would say definitely with the protection first strike 2 2 vigilant for 2 may not answer all problems but after the first game, we'll answer most decks. The second game.
1: I mean, it feels really good against Mono Red, and I mean, we've been passing this guy kind of back and forth anyway. A Mono Red list, but like, it's a it's a two-two first strike guy, you know, like, yeah, and then Mono Red, it's just like you can just attack if you want to, or you can sit back and run up a block. He's gonna kill every card in your game, so it feels like a good four choice against, uh, like red, just because their creatures are kind of, like,
0: weenies on the back side, right? Like, X2s are lower, so. Yeah. So, like, when I say, like, white-white, 2-2 white, two, two, First Strike Vigilance, you're kind of like, yeah, seems alright, right? And then yeah. you add in, like, pro vamps, werewolves, and zombies, and it's kind of like, oh, okay, that's a pretty playable card. So, yeah, you know, I think, I agree. I think it's going to see play in a lot of sideboards, um, don't think it's gonna be a main deckable card, but at the same time, like you know, if vampires kind of takes off to the tribe because I don't think the other two are actually relevant at all. Um, you know, this this could very well be like a, a nice card to have.
2: Agreed.
0: So uh, the next guy is um, kind of exciting. Uh, it's Fiend Hunter. He's white, white, and a colorless human cleric. He's a one three. When he enters the battlefield, you may exile another target creature. When he leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So, any thoughts?
1: It makes me not want to pod away my 2-drop, like Bant Pod, until I see them
0: play as okay big creature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I've almost thought, like, sometimes exiling your own creature in, like, a pod strategy... Could be cool, you know, like exiling, you know, an acidic slime, and then sacking this guy, so like, so the acidic slime comes back in again, you know? I mean, like, getting your
1: metamorphic copy of the acidic slime? Yeah, oh, I mean like,
0: oh, oh. yeah, it just seems like there's a lot of cool stuff, like, he not only like removes their best guy for a little while, like, he can also just like, you know, give you more enters the battlefield triggers. You know, like, with like, Venser, he does like some really fun stuff, you know, cause like, you can like, <laughs> You can put him out and, like, Venser blink him, which then brings your creature back in, you know, then put him back down and send your creature away again. So, like, it's almost like you're protecting your best creature, but, like, continually getting there enters the battlefield trigger. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's <a> good. <laughs> I, I could see that happening with the Titans to great effect.
0: Yeah, exa- that's exactly what I was thinking about, actually, like, Sun Titan or, like, if you just want to tap down a guy every, every turn with Frost Titan and, like, literally, yeah. like, not have him be in harm's way for very long pretty much yeah it seems like a good so um there's only one other card I wanted to talk about you guys could hop in I'm gonna talk I want to talk about stony silence did you guys have any others you want to talk about before we hit that
1: um I want to hit intangible virtue because right, I for think it. Like, like we have elspeth we have like a bunch of dudes that die and make tokens and I mean you know limited problems more than anything but, like, in in Constructed, like, this plus Honor of the Pure plus token generation, like, seems fine. Like, if you can make a bunch of white tokens that become 3-3 three, three Vigilant guys, that seems good.
0: Yeah, like, uh, White sunzina elspeth
1: Oh, heck yeah, White sunzina make a billion cats or are four
2: horns of Vigilance, that seems
0: okay. Alright. Dan, do you have anything else?
2: Um... Ready
0: to go. I'm moving on. Alright, so I'll cover uh, Stony Silence real quick. Um, this is definitely a card that's gotten a lot of hype. Um, I opened one in my sealed pool. It was not excited to see it because it's actually not a good limited card. Um but Stony Silence is one colorless and a white. It's an enchantment. And activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated. So this turns off mana stones. This turns off equipment. This turns off... I don't know. Molten Stone Master Core... Just Pretty much the Scars are merited block. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, definitely a card I think is going to see a lot of sideboard play. It turns up Birthing Pod. Oh, um, my God. So, yeah, so it's definitely a card you just need to be aware of. Uh, it's going to be in a lot of sideboards against Pod, you know, against Swords. So packing enchantment removal is going to be a little more important after this set. Um, you know, as we'll see going forward, there's just a few more enchantments that you're going to want to be able to get rid of now than there has been in Standard for a pretty significant amount of time, so. Yeah. So well, anyway. The you're
1: for. Play a white,
0: so, so far in white, we've seen, like, there's, you could definitely do, like, a white weenie human strategy. You know, there's also, like, a token strategy. Is there anything else that kind of has emerged just by looking at the white cards?
1: No, and mostly because they push spirits pretty hard, and they're just not good.
0: Yeah, not yet, anyway, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely not yet. And in a in a world that seems to be growing increasingly dark,
0: we probably won't see very many like good white guards. <laughs> like I'm just guessing, like from a flavor
1: standpoint. Yeah. But like it seems like as as the world gets darker. White will get weaker, which maybe is why White isn't strong in this. Is that way comparatively in the next set. It just seems weak. Yeah. There, there it is. Figured
0: you out, lizards. So let's hop over to Blue. And let's start with what is just an absolutely phenomenal commander card. And we'll see if you guys know what I'm talking about. You should
1: back from the brink? Is that what we're talking about?
0: That's what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, that looks stupid good.
0: Go ahead, take it away.
1: So you exile, it's an, encha- it's an enchantment from four double blue. Um, exile a creature card from your graveyard and pays mana cost. And put a token into play with the copy of that creature. And that, but you don't to do it when it's a sorcerer, so like doing your turn with stacks blah blah blah. Not to attack them. But like... Yeah, just let stuff die. Like, it's fine. Like, just, you're going to bring it. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I don't know what else to say. Like, double value out of all of your creatures for what yeah. their mana cost is really
2: good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It definitely seems pretty solid. It's going to bring a lot of stalemates. uh probably going to bring some graveyard hate to, you know, a lot of the uh, commander decks near you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
1: if you, if you don't already have one, like, you should have a Tormon script. And if you're playing Black, you should be playing the Juga Bog. I'm going to throw that out there, but I'm going in you right. Um, yeah, I have
0: both. So. so, the They're next wrong. card that seems really interesting from a standard perspective is Michael J. Flores's kind of preview card, uh, Forbidden Alchemy. It's two colorless and a blue, it's an instant. And you look at the top four cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest into your graveyard, and you can flash it back for six in a black. So, in in a graveyard-based set, we've already seen some flashback cards, we have Snapcaster Mage, we have Unburial Rites, which is a great way to reanimate, you know, some fatties. You know, this card does seem like it's only going to get better and better and better as the sets go on and on, right? Right, I mean... It-
1: you know, and being able to choose, you know, which one of those four cards doesn't go, right? Like, it would, it could be really neat to play, like, a Jenga Taxis kind of reanimate strategy in standard. And, like, for Den and Alchemy, you see Jenga Taxis, Unburial Rights, and, like, other stuff. Like, you can just put Jenga Taxis and Burial Rights in the graveyard, because Unburial Rights can splash it back. Like, yeah, you can seen- even have to play black at that point. Like you gonna be playing, like, you can play that blue light and it's like brand, and you hit it. Like I don't know that that's what I would do because every dual lands to like, cover this,
0: but like it seems really good. So, yeah, that brings us to like the next deck idea, um, that's kinda come up and it's already being played in the Magic League. It's done pretty well, is the Solar Flare deck. Which is basically like an Esper deck. With some reanimation and some targets and like a good amount of card draw, a couple basically plays like nothing but instant speed. Um, but this is like obviously a staple card in there because on turn three, you know, you get a bunch of stuff in your graveyard, and turn four, you reanimate something, you know, and, and hopefully just take over the game from there. So, Dan, any thoughts on this guy or
2: hang on. Yeah, I mean, I'm
0: probably just it
2: up. Underbidden uh, Alchemy? Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, I I'm not really sure on that one right now. I mean, what if you just get, like, the nuts of the four cards? I mean, how do you choose which one?
0: Like, all of them could be very useful, but which one's the right choice? Yeah, it's definitely like... And
2: one without flashback the one
0: that's the it's definitely interesting, though, because, like, you know, it is, like, a build-around-me card. Like, your deck has to be configured where, you know, you're perfectly okay with, you know, 75%, which is, you know, <laughs> three out of the four cards going into the graveyard. You know, you just have to be like, yeah, okay, that's what this deck does. Yeah, you know, two of them have flashback, and one of them's a land, and, and one of them's, you know, something I need in my hand. Or one of them's something I don't care about. So... Yeah, definitely, like, pretty pretty solid card. I think it's going to continue to, like, enable a lot of strategies, you know, especially as we see more and more Vanistrad, you know, we're uh, talking about more and more sets come out later this year. Uh, we talked about Frightful Delusion. Uh, I definitely think, you know, it could be fringe playable, so I'm, I'm going to give it a roll and see what happens, but... It's not a card that jumps out as being like, "Wow, that's ridiculously powerful," but I think it can certainly have a role. So, uh, the next card, Wally and I have talked about before, I believe, in this cast, and I think it's certainly enables a lot of strategies that seem pretty broken, and that's Invisible Stalker. So, Dan, did you think you had seen enough of Cobble?
2: But this isn't cobwebs, so we're good. It's just, this card's not broken. This card is pretty much shattered. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'd trade Unblockable for flying any day. I'm sure anyone would. And giving a tax move for still converted mana cost to two. anyone... I don't, I don't know how they let this go. After grabbing all these issues with cobble, and they just dropped it. It's like, what's with that? It just makes it harder to kill yeah, I mean, yeah, the thing was, at least it doesn't,
1: you'll get three more copies of itself and put it into your hand. Like, it could be worse. It could also have two more invisible stalkers. I and I think that was the real problem with Squatterhog was that, it was just like the advantage was off the wall. Like, never before had a white card put a 1-1 flyer in the 20 for 2 mana hand drawing three cards. Like, that was the real problem. But, like, this guy with, I don't know, any viable piece of equipment, like, that's, that's when I did at the pre-release, like, and I wasn't even playing good equipment because there's
0: not a ton of it in the set, but, like, it was pretty bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, we've already started testing with him, like, putting a sword on him, is, it just seems, like, almost too good. Uh, yeah, I think he might force people to start playing cards like Guest Verdict. Um, like, the new, was it, Tribute to Hunger? Uh, which is basically, like, sacrifice-type cards, which is, like, the only way to get around this. Um, yeah. Like, Liliana is obviously quite good against him. But yet at the same time, like, you know, those are all, like, they're more expensive cards than Doomblade. So you're already forcing your opponent, you know, to expend more resources to deal with this guy than than they had to do with, you know, other cards. You so, you know... It seems really good. Yeah, I think it's going to define the format in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, you know, it's not Squadron Hawk. It's just it doesn't have the utility Squadron Hawk did. But yeah, it's it's a pretty serviceable replacement. So yeah,
1: I don't I don't hate it.
0: So I'm let's sure. jump down. Now remember, we're only covering cards that are like we think are pretty exciting for standard. So we're skipping stuff like Mind Shrieker. Like, Mad Phantasm, which are, like, exciting cards, but aren't really standard-relevant right now. So, so let's move all the way down to Scab Ruinator. So, again, I'm I'm going to say this so many times, because people just don't seem to get it. And, like, you know, even, like, you know, people who have been in Magic for a long time are, keep comparing this card to Benchmine. And it's just an awful, awful, awful comparison. Like, it's not it's not anywhere close to Vengevine like putting Vengevine in your yard and then casting two creatures you know more or less ending the game um you know, you're only gonna be able to cast this guy like once during the game like maybe twice if you're like on the massive mill me plan not
1: only that but if they counter this guy like it's an insane blowout Yes. Yeah. like it- you exile three creatures in your graveyard and this guy's gone. Like it just like
2: it feels like you're just dead at that yeah. point. Like I at the pre release there was
1: one like one person played his that I saw. I mean it was foil, so you have to try. But um I mean it's he's like I think I got to cast it once all day. And I was like, It's because you have enough cards in your graveyard, it's because you're you you do not want your creatures to die because you have to attack to win most of the time. Yeah. And this just doesn't get there. I mean, it dies to a lot of the
0: removal of the set. So, so it's... So the it's obvious, just not. the obvious place for this card, like right away, is, is Birthing Pod. You know, Thank it you. totally makes sense. Like, yes, potting a two into this guy is very good. Like, it puts your opponent on a very fast block. You know, you don't even have to continue potting. In, in fact, it's, it's actually such a good play. Um, it forces them to, you know, throw a removal spell at it if, if they have one. Um, which is fine, like you know, you gotta have them kill list, and like your sun titan, you're going to get eventually. So that's very good, but like it is not like venomite. It does not have those same type of synergies. It is not free by any <laughs> means. But, yeah, the drawbacks are huge. It costs mana to cast. Like you know, getting multiples of them in your graveyard is irrelevant. Um, I don't know what the price is on him, but it's probably too high.
1: <laughs> I think it's,
0: like, 12 bucks or something. Is it 12 <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Alright, yeah, it's 12 it's, then he's, that's... He's
1: not, yeah, he's not through the roof. It's like, probably fine,
0: but yeah. I think it's going he's, down.
2: He's a $10 card anyway. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't I'll, speculate... I'll a $10, probably. Yeah,
0: I don't speculate much, but, you know, it, it, it can't go anywhere than down, because you just can't play that many of them in a deck. Like, you just can't, because you're not going to cast well, I mean, I them two, play them once. Right, like... Like, two is plenty. Yeah. like the
1: pass it without paying his
0: costs. Yeah. In my birthing pod list, like, I can't play more than one. So, like, because yeah. every time I draw it, I'm just like, ugh, like, can't do anything with this card. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh Dan, you were most excited about this card in the set, so I think you should do our next one.
2: blue 2-1 flash and gives anything, any instant or sorcery in your graveyard flashback, just like, man, a day of judgment would really be nice right now. Oh, hey, I got a Snapcaster Mage and I already used my day. Well, there's my day of judgment right there. Just assuming you have the mana open, of course, but, I mean, to giving, in terms of, like, removal, like, from the blue-black side, you use a go for the pro for 4 mana, you get a 2-1 guy and another go for the pro. That. You know, it's just, I really, when it comes to, like, removal and burn, I mean, is there anything really that hasn't been said? This guy's ridiculous. Yeah, and there was a a, a comment
1: made about this guy being, like, Cryptic Command if one of the modes was always to one one to play.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like... Like it does so much, like it can draw you cards, it can unsummon guys, it can tap guys, it can kill stuff. Like that's <laughs> that was a pretty good, and I, I forget who wrote that on Twitter, um, but it was it was. I mean, that's a spot on. I mean, it's it's a cryptic command, but it gives you a boot.
0: Yeah, so I mean, this this card is uh is, is pretty awesome. It's it's gonna be defining a lot of formats for a long time. Um, I think they knew that when they printed it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's a rare, so the thing that, the thing for people to do, like, probably, like, the next week is sell them as soon as you get them. If, if you know, if you're, like, kind of a consistent player and you're going to be opening a lot of Innistrad, you know, go ahead and unload this guy, and, you know, you'll be able to snap a couple of them back up, probably, you know, when, once the price has cooled down a little bit. But at the same time, like, it is a staple across a lot of formats, so... You know, this may be kind of the, in the mythic rare era, this may be the first $20 rare, you know, that stays $20. What do you, what do you, Wally, I know you kind of watch prices even more than I do. What do you think about the price on Snapcaster Mage?
2: I mean, if you can sell it and
1: get, you know, $22 in cash for it today, sell it and get $22 in cash. Um, if you can.
2: Because you'll be able to buy them again at twenty or lower, so you know making making two dollars a card
1: and, and losing them is good. Uh, he it will not it will not stay at twenty five. Um, I'm I'm pretty comfortable in that. Um, the people I've I've been trading with, I've been I, very honest in trading because they they wanted stuff that's you know been out for you know more than three months. You know more than since M12 came out, and so they just. I was like, this guy's not going to hold value. I'm not going to take a loss. If you really want this, you know, this is where I'm comfortable. You know, I think I traded for mine at, like, 15 bucks a piece, and I don't feel like I ripped anybody off because
2: <laughs> it's, it's a gamble. It's like, I'm trading you a card that I know is $15. Um, I don't know what
1: your card's going to do. You know, so, like, you, you, get to, you get to give a little bit of a premium to an
0: older card, which is nice. Yep. Alright, so that is all the blue cards. Um, definitely some nice stuff there. Uh, Snapcaster Mage obviously enables a lot of strategies. Everything from kind of a blue red burn to black blue control to blue white value. Um, you know, it's all there. Um, Scab Ruinator adds another target for Birthing Pod. Um, we got a nice little draw spell that puts stuff in your graveyard. So, you know, definitely a few things to think about for standard there. Yep. So let's jump to black, and let's start with an obvious one, I guess. Let's go Army of the Damned. Now, clearly, if you cast this, they don't have a removal spell, or, I mean, like a board sweeper, you win, um, which is awesome. Um, you know, it's definitely something you should think about, you know, like a mono black or blue black control strategy, uh, you know, as a singleton, it's, it's not a terrible card, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that we had talked about in the past, about what makes a card mythic, is that if you can drop it and they don't have an answer right away, that you win the game on the next turn, like, that's what makes it feel mythic, so this is what that does. Yep. I mean, like, literally, it just wins you the game.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, the next card that is, like, immediately exciting is Bloodline Keeper. Whoa, whoa, I think you missed one. Alright, go ahead.
1: Bitter Heart Witch. If you're going to play, like, a bug version of Pod, like, maybe in the, or, like, just, like, Black Green or something. I mean, this and the one-up curse that makes all their creatures have minus one, minus one, just wrecks so many aggro strategies. Like it just seems really like
0: maybe a viable sideboard option. Yeah, but no, for I think it's that you only need one of each
2: of them. Like it's just so good to shut down like tokens.
0: Yeah. So in that you know? same line, like obviously that card is a combo with Curse of Death's Hold, which is three black, black, and enchant player creatures. Enchant player controls get minus one, minus one, and it's an aura curse. And then, like, Bitterheart Witch is four and a black. It's a one-two death touch. When it dies, you may search your library for a curse and put it on the battlefield, attached to a target player. So, you know, the idea is, like, in Black Green Pod, you know, you pod this away, you know, getting the curse, putting it on their guy, and then, like, getting grave titan. No, so
1: you, you get Masker Worm.
0: Or Masker Worm. And all their
1: creatures have minus three, minus three, and most of them are dead.
0: Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, so it's certainly a, a good strategy, and I think it's main deckable, actually, so I don't have any problem with, you know, basically a two-card combo that is easy to get with Birthing Pod. Yeah, but
1: so you only need one of each copy in your deck to
0: use. Yeah. So, now if we go to Bloodline Keeper?
1: Yeah, I don't have, any, I have a slack week,
0: so okay. yeah, I'm good. So, Dan, do you want to do Bloodline Keeper for us? Is Dan there? Dan might be gone. Dan's gone. Well, that Dan was nice to have him here. <laughs> I'll do Bloodline Keeper then, because I think this card's amazing. Um, basically, it's two black-black, it's a transform, it's a vampire, it's a 3-3 three, three flyer. You can tap him to put a 2-2 two, two black vampire creature token with flying out of the battlefield, or you can pay a swamp to transform him. And you can only do that if you have five or more vampires. Uh, his flip side is he's a 5-5 five, five flyer, other vampire creatures you control get plus 2 plus 2, and you can still tap him to put a black vampire creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So the idea is that if you can spend turn 1, 2, and 3 putting a vampire out each turn, then, you know, theoretically turn 4 you play him, if he lives turn 5 you just put one more vampire out, flip him, um, and you're good to go because you just got pretty much an overrun. Um and if yeah, you're playing with all like
1: dudes have flies. <laughs> Yeah, if
0: you're playing with like Vampire Interloper or the Stormkirk Noble and you've kind of been hitting already, you know, that could just end the game on the spot. So it puts quite a clock on your opponents actually. And yeah. I'm pretty excited if we get any decent one-drop vampires. Uh this card, you know, could really just explode. Um so I'm, I'm actually, this is like one of the rare tribal lords that I'm going to go grab four of. Because I just think he he has a possibility to be really good. And he'll be the only expensive card in the deck, probably. <laughs> yeah, now what...
1: I'm waiting, and we talked about this for a minute, but I'm waiting for them to print a card that says, when a card transforms, untap it. You know? Because yeah. Then this guy is stupid good.
0: Yeah, that might be too good.
1: <laughs> I'm just, I mean, like, I, they probably won't do it as they've realized what this does, and, like, it'll be that, and it's like, in the thank you, right? Like, but if you tap a black mana, and then before it flips, tap another black mana, it'll just, like, I guess, like, it'll flip-flop, like, it'll just go right back. Yep. Uh, but it would be so cool if it untapped. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. So, the next card on our list is Liliana of the Veil. She is one colorless black-black. Planeswalker starts at three loyalty, plus one. Each player discards a card, minus two. Target player sacks a creature, minus six. Separate all permanents target player controls into two piles. That player sacrifices all permanents in the pile of his or her choice. So, i got to tell you something real funny. I was testing... um Uh, like, the the blade list we had against, like, a Liliana deck. Yeah. And I used Liliana's ultimate, and I had to separate... One pile was Gideon Jura, and the other pile was, like, seven lands and two swords. (laughs) Ouch. Because I was just like, yep, like, Gideon is your only threat. And, like, I had, like, shield out and stuff like that, but I just, like, wasn't... I hadn't been able to get through, like, until that turn. But it was just kind of funny, because I never thought, like... You know, uh, I would basically use our minus six to, to kill A permanent. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you can read the full review we wrote on Liliana at uh, Um I encourage you to do that, as it kind of covers exactly how we analyze Planeswalkers. And just know that she is going to be a standard staple. So.
1: Please know that... The way that players are evaluated on com was not stolen from a certain other writer for Star City.
0: Yeah, no.
1: That's how we've been doing it for a long time.
0: Yeah, I will call him out. Patrick Chabin stole my Planeswalker analysis and then wrote an article acting like it was his. So, just look... like look, copy and pasted the first paragraph. Yeah, <laughs> if you look at the dates in which we wrote them, I clearly wrote mine weeks before him, and I think he literally copied and pasted my article (laughs) and use it for his own (laughs) so not bitter not good game buddy um more crept banshee is exciting in pod uh not not too much else and then in pod again because you can go from more crept banshee to reaper from the abyss um that's kind of the last card well let me make sure there's a couple more but that's one of the cards that's pretty exciting um, it's three Black, 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 Flying, Creature, Demon, 6-6, six, six, Morbid, it's beginning of each end step, Creature died this turn, Destroy, Target, Non-Demon, Creature. So, kind of sweet. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, like in Pod, it's really good, right? So, because you can, like, Pod your Morcrud right into your Reaper, and then you basically kill, like, I mean, you have if you haven't killed their whole team by then, like, <laughs> you, you're just about to. Yeah. So... Well. A card I played with this weekend that I think's actually good enough to see standard play. Um, not, like, massive, but think, um, what was that, what was the black, uh, consume the meek, it was, like, a okay. card that was good, and, like, saw some standard play, but it wasn't, like, you know, like, a standard, like a staple. It severed the bloodline, It's it's a similar card, too, actually. It's three and a black sorcery, an exile target creature, and all other creatures with the same name as that creature. Flashback for five black black. And then so,
1: talk about another card that hoses tokens.
0: Yeah, hoses tokens. Um, hoses any kind of multiples. So soldiers, you know, like clearing. It's like, you know, it's like a maelstrom pulse for, for a creature, you know. Yeah, and, um, and and what's really awesome about this was what and what I you know really realized is that it's just target creature, so there's no restrictions, you know, no non-black, no non-artifact, <coughs> and it's exile, which in this format is actually incredibly relevant with the amount of flashback and you know the amount of um burial rites that I think is going to be played. So just you know I think it's going to turn out to be uh, a card that sees some play.
1: Yeah, I mean, like imagine if you're O-ring. Rid of the creature forever and all other creatures that had a name with it, like,
0: yeah, that's and,
1: what this does, and it's in black, which is so good,
0: yeah. And your like, ring has flashback
1: black has been dying for a targeted removal spell that doesn't destroy something,
0: yeah,
1: um, that's like a catch all. And this is that, like, this is the black catch all for creatures,
0: yeah, and it, it, it has flashback too, which, like. People have to remember, because, like, there was multiple situations where I played it, and then I would flash it back, and they'd be, like, really surprised. And I was like, yeah, you got to watch the graveyard. Like, you got to know what's in your opponents. You know, Don't feel bad about asking to see their graveyard, like, you know, multiple times, just to make sure, you know, that you're aware of everything that can happen in the game. Yeah,
2: so. you can
1: make, I know, I made notes of cards that people played with flashbacks.
0: Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like I didn't
1: even have to ask to look. I just look at my like my notes that I have for every game, right? Cause I'm writing scores down and stuff. so, Like my notes for every game, and then it's just right there in front of you. So it, you know, there's there's a pro tip. Like
2: <laughs>
1: if you don't want to ask to see their graveyard over and over, and you can't remember it, like you're in trouble. You know, because there are a lot of different cards, and especially when you're playing limited, you know, you just don't. You see, you've seen a lot of cards by round two or three. Just you know, just write it down. There's nothing against the rules.
0: So, um, do you want to do Tribute to Hunger and Unburial Rites? And I'm going to grab a drink of water here. Because I'm sick and my okay. voice is running out. So you do those I'm two. I'm actually
1: going to do Skirtag High Priest only because I got to Evil planet. Okay. That's the release. So I got to kill it. It was fun.
0: Then yeah, do but, Tribute um, to Hunger and Unburial Rites. I'll hopefully be back by Unburial Rites.
1: Okay. So Tribute to Hung- Hunger is two to black and it's an instant. And if the target opponent sacrifices a creature, and you gain life, you build that creature's toughness. Um, I mean, it's an, it's an instant removal spell that answers any creature. Um, so that's good. And it has an outside for you. So it, it lets you not have to worry about text-proof, indestructible, anything like that. So, you know, if you, if you leave three mana untapped, if they don't have a creature on board, you know, you can just stop them from playing any creature you want. Um, it's pretty good. Next on the list is uh, Unburial Rights. It's a uh, four and a black sorcery. Um, and it's your target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it's it's kind of like Zobo 5, but they don't become a zombie. Um, another cool part about this card is it has flashback for three and a white. So in a in a deck that rewards you for playing enemy color dual lands, which we now have, um, you know you can, you can play mono black or blue black and splash white off of dual lands only, and pretty reliably have a chance to flash this guy back when it's um, you know when you need it, and the flashback is cheaper than the original cost, so that's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, so. But, I mean,
1: we've talked about it before, like with reanimator style decks.
0: Yeah, I, I think this card's gonna be, like, a defining card in the format going forward. Um, I, yeah, you know, so far, like, I've just, you know, I think most of the people who are, like, brewing right now are probably including this very highly on their brews. Um, there's just a lot of powerful things it can do for you, like, you know, we, I have a green, black, white deck. There's, like, Liliana, Mulch, Garak, relentless, like, a bunch of fatties on um, Burial Rites. And, like, and Birds, and the Priests of Ovisin. Um, And it, it's just good. Like, you know, turn you, you have the possibility of, like, turn four Grave Titan. Um, it's just, it's, and it's not even, like, that hard to do. And you have, like, not only do you have Grave Titan, but then you also have, like, Liliana on the battlefield. So, you know, trying to turn forward have, like, Liliana and Grave Titan Like, that's really good So, um Yeah, it's it's just going to be a card That you've got to watch out for And you've got to be aware of And I think people are going to build around for a long time
1: I don't like that this doesn't make your creature zombies From a flavor standpoint <laughs> I know we don't really care that much Because the cards are really good
2: Yeah, but, no, I, 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 I mean They're
1: talking about bringing someone back from the dead and every other time they've talked about it, like in the the Planeswalkers Guide to Innistrad, it's like you don't want to become a zombie; you want this blessed sleep. But it's in the flavor text here, so like it should it should have made him a zombie. I'm, I'm, they they missed, they missed that one, I think.
0: All right, so we are going to cover. We're going to cover. Four red cards. <laughs> red is deep. So let's see if Wally can guess which four that I think we should cover.
1: Okay. Brimstone Volley.
0: Yes. There is one before that, though.
1: What? Is it Ancient Grudge? So yeah. I guess the only card I- Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: I mean, we, we just got out of an artifact block. Um, and it's still, like, the dominant block in the format. So, you know, artifacts are gonna play, like, a very key role in Standard going forward. And the fact that we printed, or the fact that Wizards printed Ancient Grudge, yes, is it it says, like, yeah, it's going to be very well played.
1: Yeah, I was like, we get it. Like, it's, like, I don't know, there's not really a point where you would play Shatter over this, right?
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any.
1: (laughs) Like there's, there's never a time when it would be be better. Like yeah. not that you're always not that you're gonna have a force in your deck, but you may as well just play this and like bluff it. Yeah. Like it's the same reason you played Stove Rebuttal over cancels in a deck that you didn't have artifacts in because you just okay they're gonna think I have some artifacts because I'm playing Stove Rebuttal. So it's why not?
0: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the next card was Brimstone Volley, and, and basically for for this interaction. The idea of Goblin Grenading my Arsonist and then hitting you with Brimstone Volley, and that being four mana and eleven damage, that's just that's really good.
1: It's it's from a from not from a not playing red standpoint. It's scary.
0: Yeah, you know, I think even with the like. <laughs> Let's put it this way, if Lightning Bolt were still in the format, there'd be no way I'd be playing anything but red, actually.
1: Yeah, I, I would go back to playing red and play.
0: <laughs> but, you know, without Bolt, it's somewhat, you know, even. But I don't, there's just some explosive red decks that you just don't want to mess around with. And, you know, we'll talk about some ways you can get around the red decks, but... You know, timely reinforcements is a, is a good one, but getting worse, you know, more and more people play 4-Hero or, you know, even 4 Kaa. Um, So, anyway, just, yeah. <laughs> this card offers some explosive explosive potential in, in, a, in a red deck strategy, and, and I think it's going to be played often. So, let's see, you got to really scroll to get to the next card, so let's see. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm looking at um, is it Reckless Wave? Yep. Yeah, I like this card. It's, uh, you know, it's a 1-1. It's not Goblin, guys. Like, let's not get confused. Like, it's not that good. Oh,
0: well, real but, like, quick, we, we know one, we're passing but... uh, Past in Flames, and that's just not really, like, at a standard level yet. Anyway, quick aside. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of that Yeah. Um, but Reckless Wave is a 1-1 for one red,
1: and... It's a werewolf, so when it flips when nobody plays a spell, it's a three two. Like a three two for one
0: red is pretty cost efficient. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like a turn two hitting for three is you know, is, is pretty nice, so. Yeah. And then there's one other card worth like just pointing out like how big it is, is instigator gang. Is a rare human werewolf, and if, if, like, werewolves becomes anything, this is going to be, like, a reason why. (laughs) And it's because, like, when it flips, it's a 5-5 trampler, and all attacking creatures get plus 3, plus 0. So
1: it's an attack for 8.
0: Yeah, and and then it gives anything it's attacking with. So, anyway, just a card worth mentioning. Like, if werewolves becomes a thing, I think this will be one of the cards that makes it a thing. (laughs)
1: And if you're looking at the art, a lot of times they don't eliminate a character on a flip card, right? From like one side to the other, like every every person that's on the card is there. But on this card and on the next double-faced card down to the list too, the non-werewolf creature disappears. Yeah. Like you have to assume it's been
0: crushed, <laughs> gotten eaten.
1: Yeah. So there's something to think about. It's like it's good. It seems fun.
0: So, the next card after that, well, let's see if all can get it again.
1: It's gotta be Stormkirk Noble. There's no more red cards that are yep. any good.
0: Bingo. Nice job. You got, you know, well, I kinda gave you Ancient Grudge a little bit, but you got all the other ones. Yeah.
1: How is it gonna do Instigator Gang instead of Ancient Grudge?
0: Actually. So, so Stormkirk Noble is uh, the replacement we have for Goblin Guide currently. Uh, not nearly as good. Uh, obviously, I don't think anything will be. Uh, it costs 1 red, it's a 1-1 vampire, it's a rare, and it can't be blocked by humans. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on it. So, uh, I got run over by this, and the only limited uh, match I lost was he played turn 1, some Noble, and I didn't have a removal spell, so I just lost to it. <laughs> Um, and, yeah, so it's just, it's it's pretty solid. It's definitely going to make a dent in the standard. It's a very aggressive one-drop creature, and that's what they need in red decks. Yeah. And it happens to be a vampire, which, if Bloodline Keeper is going to be exploited, uh, I think this is a card that, that will help it do that. That's yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think I, there's, there's room to grow for vampires still.
0: That's it for red. <laughs> so, green... Uh, you know, and still, we just, you know, they'll again, say, you know, we're, we're mostly talking about kind of build-around-me cards. Like, you know, there's a lot of filler cards we're glossing over, and we know that. You know, we, we know there's, you know, other cards out there. But these are kind of cards that just say, yeah, build-around-me. You know, I'm a powerful enough card. Um, so, like, uh, Avexen's Pilgrim is, like, a great enabler card. But it's not, like, a build-around-me card. So we're going to skip over it. Um, Boneyard Worm is, again, like, a card that has a lot of potential, and it's something that I'm definitely going to be trying to build around. And then it also just goes in with Skin Frighter, which I think that's how you pronounce say it. People bash me for my pronunciation all the time, so now that I'm sick, it's probably just going to get worse. Oh no, it's not even close. It's Splinter Fright. It's too (laughs) colorless. Yeah, I deserve any bashing I get from that one. Splinter Fright is two colorless and a green. It's an elemental rare. Trample power and toughness are each equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. At the beginning of your upkeep, put the top two cards of your graveyard in your library. And then Boneyard Worm is just one green and a colorless, and it's equal. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Um, so these guys are just, just kind of cool cards. And if like a graveyard based strategy becomes really important, you know, maybe with mulch. Or um, you know, with uh, Forbidden Alchemy, like some kind of combo there. You know that that could be that could be pretty sweet. Yeah,
1: I agree. I I love the card now. Cards I like the limited. Ambush Viper is a blowout. Yeah. <laughs> in limited, I yeah. mean, like they're swinging with their ground pounding bomb, you flash in your guy and kill
2: it. Like yeah, it, it, it's like Doom Blade <laughs> in green almost. For like sure.
1: It just, just
2: kills everything.
0: Like it's good. And then like you anything with death touch in the card that makes creatures fight is good Yeah. And we okay. um uh Festerhide Boar was great for me all 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 every game too. It's the uh the three three trampler for four mana. That uh oh, with yeah, gets two plus one, five, plus one. Five. Yeah, it's like Gorehorn Minotaur, it's really. Like it's it's really good. So yeah. play it every time you have it. Um so Garrick Relentless, is, you know, obviously exciting. Planeswalker is always exciting. Um, this one's really interesting. It's got a ton of abilities. Um, you know, it's really good in a deck where you can protect him and where you can kind of grind out incremental card advantage, which is basically what those black, you know, wolf creature tokens with Death Touch are. Uh, again, we wrote... Um, you know, multiple uh, reviews on Garrick on the website massculpling dot com. So you can kind of read our full reviews there. Um, but yeah, certainly a card that you know you, you're going to want to think about playing. So
1: yeah, I mean, and and on the relentless side, the face up the day side, his zero is a lightning bolt to a creature, which is kind of cool too.
0: Yeah. Uh, we talked about Mayor of Averbra. Uh That's you know a card we're super excited about. Uh, you know represents uh, you know a lot, a lot of dudes, <laughs> and and a powerful strategy. And he, he only costs two mana, so you know certainly something to to consider. Uh, Agreed. Let's see. Standard. Uh, a lot of people are talking about Tree of Redemption. I'm not as excited. Um, because it still just eats doomblade like if this thing had hex proof you know then it would be like then it would be pretty damn exciting
1: it would be really exciting because you would not get blown out by
0: twisted um, image twisted image yeah, so we sold this this is from the top a Magic podcast you know basically Michael J. Flores was like super excited about this card and he's like, oh my god, you know like you hit me down to like three and and I just you know put this ability on the stack and then <laughs> Right in Marshall Was like Well I twisted him As your guy And you die And that's exactly What happens So <laughs>
1: yeah. I was thinking this more of a Like if you're still At 20 Like in limited It's great Right like You're still at 20 You tap it You have an O twenty 20 wall And you're at 13 Like not a big deal And then you go down To like 3 and you're like I don't gain ten life so
2: yeah. Like And you've had like An O twenty 20 for the whole game
1: To like Hold the ground Like that seems good
0: yeah. So But
1: that's that's about it. Like oh, the only reason that you would play it is because twisted and just not afforded.
0: Yeah, it is cool to And because if it, they yeah. go to
1: kill you or to kill it, you can just like tap it and get your life back right away.
0: I, I do really like the idea of a mythic tree. Like kind of kind of cool. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, so just flavor wise again, like they knocked it out of the park. And that's it for green, like right? I didn't, not mm-hmm. Not super yeah, exciting. I mean we skipped over mulch, which is again like one of those enabler cards. It's one in a green, it's reveal the top four cards of your library, put all land cards are revealed this way in your hand and the rest in your graveyard. Um which I've been playing with that quite a bit already. And in most games it's kind of like a draw two, which is pretty good. Like uh, you know, if you're mulching and you're drawing two lands and like discarding like umburial rights and grave titan, like that's a win win. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're you're
0: pretty far ahead at that point. Yeah, so definitely a card that's gonna see a lot of play and, and gonna enable a lot of pre-sweet strategies. So let's jump to the last section. Let's cover oh, <laughs> Um the best gold card immediately standard playable is gonna be the Geist of Saint Traft. It's one white and a blue. It's a legendary creature, Spirit Cleric, he's a two two, hex proof. And then what makes him amazing is whenever he attacks, put a four, four white angel creature token with flying onto the battlefield tapped and attacking, and then exile that token at the end of combat. So the the obvious problem with him is is he's only a two-two. So you know attacking uh, into something uh, you know that's bigger than him is is basically just saying, okay, I get a one-time effect. Now, you know dealing four damage for three mana is is pretty good. You know. Especially in blue and white. Yeah. Now we, we already talked about you know combining him with divine reckoning. You know, seems seems to be like kind of a cool strategy. Um, maybe throwing some equipment on him uh, can make him big enough to kind of to punch through. So you know, kind of a lot of uh, a lot of cool things that can be done with him, and, and probably gonna see a good amount of play. Yeah,
1: there's there's some potential there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to to give this guy a shot. I uh, don't know
0: when, but sometime. So, the next most exciting thing for Standard is the lands. <laughs> um,
1: that is unfortunate.
0: <laughs> the enemy <laughs> well, color. The
1: chunk of artifacts.
0: <laughs> yeah. their artifacts are really... I really think they were just put in the set for flavor purposes. Like, none of them are... Yeah. Are worth yeah I wish net. the
1: Butcher's Cleaver had stayed a Chainsaw.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, no, it's the, um... What, was that the one it was supposed to be? I thought it was the Trepanation Blade.
1: No. Oh, no, it was the Dagger. No, anyway, one of them was a Chainsaw, and it should have been a Chainsaw. It was but the, it didn't uh, have any extra power against zombies, so it's useless.
0: Yeah, it was the Trepanation Blade. That was it.
1: And that card is it's pretty good in limited. Yeah. And that, like, I don't, I don't, it's not, the odds of it attacking for big more than once are really bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> the bigger it hits the first time, the worse it is. Yep. Can we touch on a Witchbane orb for a second? Sure. Because I missed this when I first read it. Uh, forget the curse thing, right? Like, when I heard <laughs> about yeah, it, I think it has, everyone had that same it make, thing. It, it makes you hexproof.
2: Yeah, it makes right? so, like, of sanctity, right? They
1: can't, like, bolt you. Or, I mean, yeah, it, it loses the artifact removal, but it seems like a cool strategy against red, maybe fringe. Right, it's like all right, you can't burn me out and then they go burn board it their artifact hey they didn't see this guy, yeah, and then they're like, all right, well, I've already boarded it out for more control That's right.
0: yeah i mean it's it's like it's definitely a worse Ley line a sanctity right? Because, like you know ley Line was so good because it came in free and it had so many applications, yeah, um like you know like with the uh with the vampire combo and gatekeeper and stuff like that like it was it was good against multiple decks, yeah, but unfortunately, like you know. Making it colorless is a little better, you know, as far as every deck gets access to it. But so far, we don't have, you know, uh, certain cards that targeting you is, is, is that devastating yet.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not too terribly worried about it, so.
0: Yep. So, uh, the the enemy color duels are going to be staples. Um, you know, it's like something you're going to want to, like, just grab four of <laughs> each of them and, and hold on wait, to them.
1: Wait till they're $5, by the way.
0: Yeah. Um... But then the, oh, no. the other um, the other enemy or the, sorry the friendly lands are are pretty cool. Um Gavigny Township is two. Uh, had, they all add one colourless mana to your mana pool. But they uh, this one, Gaviny Township is two and a green and a white and tap it and put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. This so, was the
1: card of the day on.
0: Yeah, so in like <laughs> a green white humans deck, um, you know, this is Pretty sweet. You know, yeah, if somebody... I mean, with, with tokens,
1: it's even, like, it's, it's fine. Like, if you're going to play tokens, you should be playing Gaviny Township in some way to get green mana.
0: Yeah, someone threw up on our, like, on this board or whatever, like a, like, a funny little one-drop deck that was, like, four of the Pilgrims, four Birds of Paradise, and, like, four Mirren Crusaders, four Hero Bladehold, like, you know, like, basically all these cards that just, like, and then, like, four Gavney Township. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's exactly the kind of deck you want. Yeah. Um, Ghost Quarter is good. I think, you know, Wally pointed out to me today that, like, with the presence of Inkmoth Nexus, we probably still have to play, like, three of them. Um, I don't think any of these other lands are actually good enough that you want to Ghost Quarter them. But because Inkmoth Nexus is still around, like, I think this is still a card you're going to want to play. I mean, I
1: think the, the red, black, land and limited like in limited like i love that ghost Quarter is playable in limited because it, it nukes all these yeah. friendly colors right like that are just like blowouts because like, they're all pretty good yep um so I, I like that it's playable and it can help get you out of like if you're two colors or heaven forbid three colors yeah Like you can play this in place, of, like if you're three colors, like you're splashing black, like you can play one swap and this instead of two swaps because you can sack this to kill one of your lands if you're flooded in another color to locate your swap.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. So
1: it's, I mean, it's something. It, it can, you know, like you're you're two for one in your land, but like if you're absolutely in trouble, like I wouldn't play it for that, but if you're absolutely in trouble, it's an
0: option. Um, the other ones are Ascension Blood Hall, which is three black red and it deals two damage to target player. Which is, you gotta remember, too, that you can hit planeswalkers with that, which, which is pretty cool, like, as a planeswalker, you know, destroy a card, like, it's kinda neat. Um, the Drown Yard, which is one blue and a black, and tap it, target player, puts the top three cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Um, it's fine, it's a little slow. Um, if you wanted to, like, combine this with maybe, like, the new Jace, like, you know, that could actually start adding up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and then the... And Chase's Erasure and the Curse? Oh. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the white-blue one is actually pretty sweet. It's exile Agile creature card from your graveyard and put a 1-1 white spirit token with flying on the battlefield. Yeah, so, I mean, that might
1: be, like, other than Galley
2: Township, like, it might be the best one.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Cassidy Wolf run's pretty good, too. It's X, Red, and oh, Green, yeah? and Target creature gets plus X, plus O, and Gain's Trample. So like a lot of those yeah, like red green. I just decks, don't like, see
1: that being like I don't. I'm just not real scared of red green. either. Yeah,
0: no, I'm not really either. But like you know, sometimes like just pushing through like that, you know, just like oh, I gotta finish this game. You know, I don't want to give them another turn to draw that day or something. You know, like this is the card that can that can do that. But no, I think the blue white one's the best. Like, you know, getting those those spirit tokens and you know probably equipping them. You know, is you know squadron hawk ask. <laughs> It's going to annoy yeah. opponents for a very long time.
1: If they are not
0: going to like you very much. Okay, so top five cards in the set.
1: Oh, man. Um,
0: I'm getting out a piece of paper so I can write these down.
1: Yeah, In, in no particular order, I'll figure that out after I've done talking, I guess.
0: Um, yeah, that's a good way to do it.
1: I like guys of St. Draft, Like... You know, bash me all you want. I think that card has potential. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm excited to, to. Like, it's one of those cards, like, I'm gonna play it way after I know it's bad. Because I like, want to make it good, so, like, I just really want it to be good. Yep.
0: Um, yeah. Okay, then um, I'll add the next one Snapcaster Mage.
1: Oh, bingo. That's, yeah, like, that's probably
0: another one. Uh,
1: Scavenger is probably my top five, just because of its ability to blow out.
0: Yeah, just because homes. of burning pot, gonna... it would not be there if there was no Birthing Cod. Oh, I I completely agree. Um,
2: I, I want to add an honorable mention to Stony Silence.
0: Okay. Um,
1: only because it hoses so much good stuff.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's like the, it's definitely the ultimate sideboard card. Um, Liliana the Veil.
1: Yeah. Um, God, I don't want to say Garrick, because he's just, uh, good at I don't. No, there. I don't,
0: you know, I don't think Garrick's, like, you know, w- let's let's keep it to, like, format, warping, you know, top five list. Oh, then, uh, that like, is the
1: whatever that
0: card's called. Unburial rights?
1: Unburial rights, for sure, like, without a doubt, unburial rights it's...
0: And then, should we put, like, Mulch and Forbidden Alchemy in, like, the same category?
1: Yeah, just kind of those, just then... And barrel rights and enablers, you know, like plus others. Um, I don't know. I I still think mentor the meat could be good. I mean, I know we didn't talk about it today because like we've, we've covered it pretty extensively with what it can do. Yeah, But, no, I mean, um, you know, there's... top
0: five though, maybe top ten.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I just I'm I'm, I'm flipping through again.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm like rapidly scrolling as well, but.
1: It's funny, like I'm I'm in green, and I'm like, do I need to be in this section <laughs> section of the spoiler? Um,
0: I mean, I think
1: probably not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, outside of that, it's just like removal, like <laughs> a few good removal spells from every color. So like, I think I can put. Like, <laughs>
0: I think I can put uh, Snapcaster Mage at 1. Oh, I, I agree.
1: Without a doubt. And I, I, I just...
0: think Liliana's 2. Yeah. Um. I don't yeah. know. After that, I think, like, um, for, yeah, probably okay. um, burial Rites is 3. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's either 3 or 4.
0: And then, like, Geist... And Scab are, like, four or five. Yeah,
1: that sounds good.
0: And then, like, all the enablers kind of come after that,
1: including, yeah, just like,
0: like, Stony Silence. Yep. And, right. Yeah, and just kind, of, yeah, just kind of paired with
1: their stuff, so
0: that makes top sense. five. That's awesome. So, of the top five, one, two, three of them are blue. <laughs> uh, one of them is kind of white. Um, but it's also Actually, kind two of, of them blue. are kind of white. <laughs> yep. uh, two of them are black And that's it
1: That's it, there's no red, no green
0: No red, no green I think the, if we, you know, if we were going to toss green A bone, I think I'd give them I mean mulch is something we just talked about Garrick and the mayor
1: Yeah, I mean
0: Red, I, ancient I, I grudge I have my
1: three, I have three Garricks I'm not tracking down anymore um, yeah. <laughs> So like, I got him because I, I see potential but I, I haven't even gotten close to figuring it out yet, so I don't know that it's going to be, that it's going to happen before it becomes, like, dead.
0: Yeah, I mean, I still think I, playing, I might
1: figure out how to use it at the same time other people figure out how to just beat him.
0: Yeah, playing him <laughs> on turn three is really good. Like, playing him on turn three is is just really good, but...
1: Yeah, but you have to hope that they have, like, a land of war in play.
0: Yeah. So... That's about it. I think we can kind of call it there. Uh, you know, as far as decks going forward, we you know we we think the solar flare deck will be a little something. Um, you know, some sort of blue-white control is going to be good. Yeah, you know, I'm going to default probably to like some kind of pod deck. They they seem very powerful. You know, Liliana will get a deck built around her.
1: Yeah, there'll be a blue-black deck with a Liliana
2: for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah. So you know, I, I guess like in conclusion, I would just say like. You know happy brewing. like this is fun. This is a fun time to be out there, you know to be trying new decks. You know we have all these great new cards, you know they're pushing a new mechanic, you know graveyard based stuff. so uh, good luck.
1: yeah, and if you ever get stuck not knowing what to play, um, I'll put a red list up on the website today. Um, so you know yesterday, probably for all of you people that are gonna be listening. You know, if you ever get stuck and you're really in trouble, like, red's good.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, there's... I mean, as much as we didn't talk about new red cards, like, it's actually very powerful just because of the number of, uh, kind of, leftover cards, so... Yeah, it's,
1: it's, like, the red that's scary is the M12 red that <laughs> is scary.
0: Yeah, well, and very. the the scars, like, the Shrine of Burning Rage and Spike uh, Shot. Yeah, that's, still, Shot that's and, still really good. Yeah, so... Um, there is a release going on this weekend at Lake Geneva Games on Saturday. Uh, starts at, what,
1: 12.30? 12.30.
0: Starts at 12.30. Was it $25, $30? It's
1: $25. $25. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same prize structure as last night, where it's a pack. Per win, per round that you win, there's three rounds of the Swiss, and then it's you get um then there's a box that'll be goes to the winner of the
0: top eight which we cut to top eight after few yeah all right so and then there's a if you really want to get out there and put your new brew to the test uh sunday they're doing standard and the winner will take home so is it five dollar standard right five dollar standard and winner is a snapcaster mage so there you go. So, so if you take on that, you can win yourself a Snapcaster Mage. Oh, pretty okay. Sweet. I
1: I gotta back up. The prize pool. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Um, so you get a you get a pack. Just you get a one pack minimum as your like. There's a pity pack if you go zero and three. You'll okay. still get seven packs for twenty five dollars. Okay. And then the playoff is for a pack per entrant. So they're, you know, and we've been getting more than 30 people.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
1: So it, it's actually a, a decent potential to win more than a box, which is kind of fun.
2: Nice.
0: All yeah, right.
1: so that's exciting. Um, you can pre-register at like Is it Wait, is it, it still, is it,
0: wait, sorry, is it still pack per person during the first three rounds? So pack per yeah, win? Yeah,
1: you get a pack per person win. So
0: okay. let's gotcha. say...
1: Let's say we cap it. Let's say we fill up the store, and there's like you know
0: 45 people,
1: right?
0: So you go That's, 3-0, you win three, then you win. Right, so you're the top you're at nine eight. packs
1: there plus 45 more.
0: <coughs> yeah, so, so you win up you're to. You going
1: 54 packs for going 6-0.
0: Yeah, nice. That's awesome. That's,
1: yeah, so you can pre-register at like If you click on the specials tab under products, and um, if you look up in the heading, there's a link to Maniscoping.com. So that's... Nice. Pretty, uh, yeah. Nice. Um, so... so uh, just another way to get there. Yeah.
0: Another way to get to So check out Maniscoping.com for the full set reviews of every card, limited and standard ratings. Um, and for the you know, review of some of the highlight cards, like the Planeswalkers, and some for some deck lists, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully see you guys this weekend at Lake Sanima Games.
1: Yeah, and if you follow me at WDD4TH on Twitter, and I, once I hit 200, and it's not it's not big, but, hey, it's just me here, I'm going to be giving away a fat pack at least. So, if, I mean, if we get there really quick, I might just give away a box of Innistrad. I don't know. It depends on how I feel when I hit. If I'm really excited, because I... But if I sit at 199 for a week, I'm probably just going to give
0: away a fat pack. So let's get there. <laughs> nice. All right. Follow Wally. Uh, until next time, uh, have a great week. Bye, guys.